Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody out there, my name is Dr. Ray Tomos, I'm a chiropractor here in Miami, Florida and an official sponsor of the ISPS International Slow Pitch Softball League. Welcome to the Hot Corner here Thursday nights at 7 on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be covering everything about general health, chiropractic, slow pitch softball, other sports as well, whatever you the listener wants to listen to. This show is based primarily for you guys to keep you entertained and to keep you informed. Call in or tweet us to get on the air. We'll be giving out the number and all our information throughout the show. Hope you guys enjoy and get ready for the Hot Corner. Dude, I'm I'm uh, sitting pretty two and zero in the hot corner fantasy football league. So yeah, man, I'm doing great over here. Well, I tell you what, um, it's, I'm sitting on the opposite end of the spectrum here. Let me uh, let's pull up the league here and let's talk a little bit about what went on this week. 
um, in the Hot Corner uh, Fantasy Football Listener League here. Uh, we've got a couple surprises. Um, you know, the main surprise is that you're 2-0 and and I'm 0-2. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, it's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun so far, and I'll be honest, my teams in pretty much all my leagues at this point are not doing very well. Um, I seem to have not done a great job um, putting the right people in. My benches have been doing very very well, um, and my and my starting lineup has not been doing too hot. The call that we made last week on air. And I am no longer taking advice from you or Mr. Fisher um, because Ben Roethlisberger scored 12 <laughs> points and Philip Rivers went uh, ahead and scored 33 points. Now, who is gonna who is gonna believe that that Philip Rivers versus Seahawks is gonna score 33, and uh, you know uh, Roethlisberger versus the Ravens is only gonna score 12. So you know, in hindsight, hindsight though is 2020. But in this case, wow, you know, um, it probably wouldn't even made that big of a difference. But I do want to go ahead and say that I have one of the highest point totals against me. I'm, I'm third highest in the league. Um, and the funny part is, is if you look at everybody that's 0-2, they've got tons of points scored against them. Um, and everybody that's, that's 2-0, and um, Manny, you actually only you have the lowest amount of scored against you. Um, to, to compare that, you have 201 points scored against you in two weeks, and I have 260. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything here. All I'm saying is that, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, but either way, either way, uh, you're 2-0. and I'm 0-2. And the league right now is being led by the bus drivers, my good friend, Mr. Tony Manassa. Uh, so he, he said he was going to take us all to school. And right now that's what it looks like is going on here. So, uh, we'll no, but that guy, yeah, that guy is only up on me by, by point, point .92 points. He's yes, not. Sir. He's not taking everybody to school. Hey, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Bortle Combat, who's in fourth place, he's got the most points in the league um, at 286. He just had a tough luck loss on the first week. So, um, you know, his team is looking pretty good there. But let's break down, you know, the bus drivers and let's see, you know, the first place team here. What what's got them? What's got them in first place? Um, you know, he he made a couple good moves last week in the fact that he picked up Bradshaw and Terrence West and he put those guys in. Both guys that, that you know, didn't and didn't start the didn't start the season starting. Bradshaw was number two behind Richardson, but he has shown to uh be the lead back there now. And then same thing with Terrence West, he was behind Ben Tate, but with Ben Tate being out now for a few weeks, he's definitely a good play there. Um as Cleveland has been staying pretty competitive in their games thanks to their defense. Uh I'm a bit surprised with with the wide receivers that he has that he's been so competitive uh, because Vincent Jackson hasn't had great games. Golden Tate hasn't had great games. Um, but Matthew Stafford has been really consistent. Um, Antonio Brown has been really consistent. And his kicker is doing great as well, too. And, of course, he's got that Carolina defense, which, which definitely helps him keep him games there. Now let's compare that to uh, Manny's team. Um, and Manny's team now in second place here. Uh, he's got a couple guys that have been doing pretty good for him as well, too. Phillip Rivers um, is a guy that's been performing for him. Greg Olson has been just dynamite. Uh, Julian Edelman has really been playing well, too. Um, and so, you know, you've got those guys in there. I noticed that you took Keenan Allen out of the starting lineup. What happened there? Um, well, I picked up Julian Edelman. 
with uh, New England, and um, I'm still I'm still I'm still debating on whether I should put in Keenan Allen over Andre Johnson because Keenan Allen is playing against Buffalo, and Buffalo doesn't have a very good uh, secondary. But uh, it's it's really tough to to sit down Andre Johnson or Alshon Jeffrey or Julian Edelman. What do you think, Doctor Doctor Ray? What do you think about about those uh, those four wide receivers? Which which three would would you go with? I like the lineup you have in there right now uh, because Buffalo. I'd say their secondary is actually not too bad. It's definitely better than the New York Giants secondary. Um, and Houston yeah. is on a roll right now. They're two and zero, you know. And although Keenan Allen is a pretty good weapon on a pretty good team, there's a lot of mouths to feed over there in San Diego as well, too. And you yeah, know, with in Gates. Houston, Gates, yeah, and you got Gates, and then you got, you know, you got Royal who's back over there, and you got uh, the other the other tight end, um, Green, and you got. You know, there's a lot of people there, and, and uh, Danny Woodhead who catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. So there's a lot of mouths to feed over there. So I think I like the lineup you had. I, I'd go with Jeffrey and Johnson and Edelman there, um, and I'd keep those other guys on the bench. Um, and I like the I like the running backs that you're starting again as well too. Starting Rashad Jennings when um, when uh, <clears throat> the tall guy Jadavian uh, Clowney is out now in the lineup. So. It's a little easier to run on Houston when he's out of the lineup, and and I think that it, it's a little bit better because you got Richardson on the bench. Uh, I think that that's where he should stay for a little while until he shows that he's going to be taking over number one. But right now, it looks like it's Ahmad Bradshaw. The thing is, Ahmad Bradshaw is often hurt, so it's good to have Trent Richardson on the bench there, especially in a league like ours, where you know you want to try to get as many stars as you possibly can at that point. So. Um, you know, overall, the league looks like it's been pretty well balanced. Um, there's been a, kind of a lot of moves going on. We've got people that have already up to six moves, and that's John Fisher, since he went ahead and drafted <laughs> Ray Rice. Um, you know, I've got only one move so far at this point. Um, and that's, you know, I'm a guy that I like to, I don't like to chase last week's points. Um, I like to, I like to, you know, think about what might be coming up, although, you know, my predictions haven't been that great so far up to this point. So let me take a look at my lineup here, and let's see what I'm going to go ahead and set. Um, so right now I've got Cutler in there back at quarterback. I'm definitely not taking him out again. Um, it looks like Roddy White is not going to be playing tonight. So I'm taking him out of the lineup, and I'm sliding in my man, Mr. Wes Welker. So Wes Welker has been officially reinstated now after the oh, so whole – he's back? He's back. The uh, the drug policy in the new collective bargaining agreement has voided some of the um, some of the suspensions. Him and Orlando Skandrick are both allowed to play again. So I'm going to be going with him. So this week my lineup is I'm, I'm liking my lineup this week. I got Jay Cutler, Jordy Nelson. Um, it's going to be Wes Welker and Emmanuel Sanders. Both of those guys in there together. Um, although I'm considering sliding out Emmanuel Sanders and putting in Kelvin Benjamin. And then I'm starting at my running back spot, C.J. Spiller and Andre Ellington with Jamal Charles and Shane Vereen on the bench um, since I don't know what's going to happen with Shane Vereen there as he uh, – um, or excuse me, with Jamal Charles as he's still questionable with that ankle. 
And, you know, now Davis had such a great showing last week that, you know, I think it's time to uh, go ahead and, and put in a couple other guys because with an ankle, you never know. One play and the guy could be out. So, I'm, I'm you know, Jamal Charles could also score 30, 40 points as well, um, especially since he's playing Miami. And for some reason, you know, you, they sometimes will, will do that. But, you know, I think that I'm going to roll with two other guys now that are, have a little bit less injury risk in C.J. Spiller and Andre Ellington. And Ellington has been having this foot has been having this foot problem, but he's averaging over five yards a carry right now, and that's with him not even being too healthy. Um, I am concerned though because Wes Welker is going to be his first week back in. I'm starting two wide receivers against the best defense in town in Seattle. Spiller is still in the share with Fred Jackson. Andre Ellington has the foot, and Jordan Cameron he has the shoulder. He's questionable as well too. So, man, you know my lineup is although I like it. This week it could be a little bit tough, so I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. I may end up sliding Kelvin Benjamin into that spot uh, where Emmanuel Sanders is or, or possibly Wes Welker seeing what the reports look like. Good thing is is I don't have to make that decision until Sunday. Uh, but I did need to get right. Roddy White out of there as that game is tonight. <clears throat> hey, Dr. Ray, a uh, question from a rookie to a veteran in, in fantasy football. What What's worse, questionable or probable and and – like what? What's the percentage of of them actually playing when they have those uh, those tags on them? Okay, so there's a couple different tags that you want to pay attention to. Probable means eighty percent chance that they're going to play. I'd say eighty ninety percent chance they're going to play. Questionable. That brings it down a little bit. That that means it could be anywhere between forty and sixty percent. You want to kind of read that report. There's also a doubtful tag which means that there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to play. Maybe like a 20% chance they're going to play. And then and finally, out? And then finally out, that means 0% chance. They're ruled out. They're definitely not playing. Now, last week, Brandon Marshall was ruled out all the way up until game time. And he had a huge game. He could have won some people, you know, their their league or, or their, um, their matchup just with the game that he had. He had three touchdowns, tons of yards. I mean, he just killed it last week. So you got to be careful and you got to watch those matchups all the way up to game time because you never know what could happen there. Do you have, uh, do you have any guys right now that you have that are questionable and all that stuff going on? Well, I was looking at you, you got, uh, you got Wes Welker there. He's out, man. What do you, what do you think about that? I got a bunch of uh, probables. I got one questionable Keenan Allen, but I think Keenan Allen might play. Well, I'll tell you what, the the uh, questionable tag again, you know, you, you don't want to read so, so much into it, but definitely what you want to take a look at is doubtful and out. Now, Wes Walker still says out because that, that ban was just lifted today, um, and so Yahoo hasn't updated that yet completely. Um, but he is he is definitely in there for this week. He's already practicing, and um, so that's good news for Wes Walker owners. I know he was one of the first receivers that I drafted, so I'm definitely counting on him to get me some fantasy points. I hear you, man. So, oh, it, it's so, definitely, dude. It, it, and we only have to deal with, uh, let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen people. Imagine a a real football team owner that has to deal with probably. You know, hundreds of, of players. 
you know, they got 52, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they got practice squads. And then, you know, at the beginning of the season, they got all these people trying out. Man, it's – forget it, man. It's more than a full-time job. 100%. You know, we, we have it definitely really easy. And, um, you know, I mean, but that, that's the whole game. It just kind of gives you that, you know, you want to get in there and you want to you want to be a manager, a pro manager, and, you know, you can see how tough it is already. Guys aren't ready. you got to depend on the medical staff to get them ready. You know, the trainer's got to go out there and make accurate diagnosis, get the treatment right. You know, all those things are really important. So, you know, so far there's been a lot of parity, a lot of expected things. You know, last week we saw the Eagles and the Colts. We thought that was going to be a high-scoring affair. It was a defensive struggle almost all the time. Keenan Allen blew out, you know, and, and the, and the um, Chargers blew out the Seahawks. That was and, of course, they didn't blow them out. But when the Seahawks get beat like that pretty handily, that's pretty much a blowout. You know, so that was crazy. I'm excited to see that matchup this week with Seattle and Denver, though, um, a little a little Super Bowl rematch. And, and I'm pretty sure that Seattle yeah. will come back really hyped up. You know, and we'll see them. They're, they're going to be at home again, the 13th man. I don't think they're going to lose back-to-back games, I'll be quite honest. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But there was a couple pickups this week that a lot of people made. I think Bobby Rainey was one of the big, was one of the biggest pickups this week with Doug Martin being out, um, and I think that that's the way to go. Uh, Bobby Rainey did have a lot of success last year when he when he took the role there. He's kind of a Darren Sproles type of back, a little scat back, high, kind of hides behind the line there, um, and it looks like the Volcano Princess picked him up in our league. So smooth move by her. I like that. I definitely approve. Um, I tell you what, I've been so busy, I haven't even had a chance to look at anything that's going on. Um, I have a new employee, so I've been training and doing all that. So it's been a little rough for me this week. I haven't been able to devote as much time as I'd like to to everything. Hey, Dr. Ray, I wanted to ask you, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you were talking about strange things happening in, in the NFL and it affecting fantasy football. What do you think? Do you think uh, a lot of people dropped Adrian Peterson, and then now that I believe he's going to be playing, correct, this week? Well, that was the original thought, but it seems like he's back out again. And I think that that's wow, due to what? pressure from... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why you got to... Unbelievable. Be that's, why, that's why this is almost kind of like a full-time job. Uh, you know, every league is almost like a full-time job because you got to be on top of what's happening with your players. Now, unfortunately, there's tons of off-the-field issues, and it's causing a lot of havoc here. Now, you know, Adrian Peterson was originally reinstated. They said, you know, he's, he's innocent until he's proven guilty. Um, but then the Radisson Hotel chain started, who's a, who's a big Minnesota sponsor, started creating some problems. Then um, also the... Uh, <clears throat> the sponsor of the NFL, Anheuser-Busch, started putting some pressure on them for the way they handled the whole Ray Rice thing. And when Minnesota saw that, I think they said, you know what, maybe we better be a little bit more prudent with what we're doing here and, and take Adrian out until the whole thing uh, falls, up, falls over, blows over. So, you know, unfortunately, all these off-the-field issues are creating a lot of change in what's happening in fantasy. And uh, last week, everybody who picked up um, Matt Aziato, who is Adrian Peterson's backup, you know, started out the game with that 25-yard touchdown catch down the sideline. Matt Castle was 7-7 seven seven on that first drive. 
and then it was pretty much all downhill from there. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I have confidence in Matt Asiata going forward as a fantasy back, especially with the way that that offense is built and that team is kind of built right now with Matt Castle and Teddy Bridgewater, the rookie kind of, you know, holding the clipboard, waiting for the raids to come to him. And, uh, you know, it's still kind of a, of an experiment there. And uh, I, I just don't see a running back. You know, you want a running back on a team that's going to be competitive in games, that wants to run out the clock, that, you know, throws a lot of swing passes, those kinds of things, has some downfield threats that can keep those linebackers <clears throat> and those corners back and, and respecting a little bit. The problem in Minnesota is, you know, they just throw eight guys in the box and, you know, that's about it, nine guys in the box, and, you know, they're stopping the run and, and they're matching up outside because they have guys that can match up. You know, Corwell Patterson really makes a big difference out there, but they can't get him the ball every time. <clears throat> and Greg Jennings is, you know, is, is kind of getting a little bit older and doesn't get quite the same separation that he used to in, in Green Bay. Um, and he doesn't have a quarterback that's going to throw him open. You know, he's got a quarterback that's a little bit more of a game manager at this point and a little bit less of a playmaker. So, you know, I don't really like the backfield situation right now unless it's Adrian Peterson who can make his own plays. Um, but I don't think Matt Asiata is a guy that can do that. So I would look elsewhere unless <clears throat> that's really your only hope. So that would be my uh, my advice there for what's happening in, in the in the backfield over there in um, in Minnesota. So, can, so but, but can you imagine? Can you imagine the roller coaster? At least with Adrian Peterson, I'm sure people when the first reports came out, they dropped Adrian Peterson. Then when the secondary when they were going to reinstate him, I bet you maybe those same people picked them up or maybe other people picked them up and probably dropped other players. And now back to dropping Adrian Peterson again, and maybe they lost those original players that they dropped for Adrian Peterson. Man, what a what a roller coaster this this opening opening of the of the NFL season, bro. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, especially with all the other guys as well, too. You know, Wes Welker and, you know, and, oh, and then Josh right. Gordon. And Josh Gordon as well, too. You know, I, I had that's Josh right. Gordon. I drafted him really late in a couple of leagues, and then I dropped him. And then three days after I drop him, I hear that there's a chance he could be out or he could be coming back. Um, although, although, you know, his, his suspension is – is definitely 10 games now. So, you know, he's only going to be in there for a few games. So at this point, I'm not too worried about having him drop. How is he going to work with the offense when he gets back in there? Who's going to be the quarterback right. when he gets there? There's just so many questions at this time that, you know, I'm glad I don't have to kind of worry about that at this point. And, you know, it's better to kind of open up that roster spot for somebody else now and, and you know, just kind of go from there. So, you know, I'm definitely excited to see what happens this week. Um, I'm definitely going on a lot of kind of <clears throat> hope, hopeful plays here and kind of playing the matchups and, and just kind of going from there with fantasy this week. Again, just because I haven't had that much time to even look at the waiver wire or make any moves or do anything, unfortunately. So, <clears throat> But um, I think we've pretty much covered all the fantasy stuff uh, for this week, and we've kind of done a rundown of the league and everything. Um, if any managers are out there listening to the show and they want to call in and talk a little trade or anything like that, they'd be more than welcome to. Um, but if not, Manny, let's move on. I know that uh, – I know you recently took a little trip to uh, Mexico. 
and uh, you got to do something that you've never done before. Why don't you tell me about that? Well, Gerald, I know you're an avid uh, an avid golf uh, golfer, correct, Doctor Ray? I try to golf every free minute that I have, which has not been much lately. Well, man, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been uh, to another country and 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 played golf. I've been to I've been to Spain. I, I played in Malaga. That was terrific because of the the different um, the different elevations and and yeah and everything being in meters and stuff. But this time uh, I took a trip. It was like half business and half pleasure. Um, but on on one uh, early morning, while my wife was still in the hotel sleeping with the baby, um, I was able to get the first tea time, Doctor Ray, at six thirty in the morning, out there in Cozumel. Um, it was the Cozumel Country Club. It was the only. It's the only um, golf course on the island of Cozumel, and um, as a matter of fact, it had. It had won some award, the first award ever for um, in Mexico for the golf course using using uh, you know the environment and, and and fusing in the course with the environment and with nature and stuff. Man, but Dr. Ray, it was an experience in its own. Man, um, as soon as I got there, I got there early. I got there probably at, at 6 a.m. Uh, it was still dark. Um, and everybody, as soon as I got there, everybody that I spoke to was talking about the crocodiles. Be careful with the crocodiles. If you hit a ball near the water, forget it. Don't even go for it because they're just, they're just waiting right there a few feet in the water and you don't even see them and they'll just jump out and, and attack you. And, and I was, for the first few holes, (laughs) I was terrified, terrified of uh, looking at every water hazard because uh, it was still kind of, you know, that morning, um, you know, that 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 uh, kind of dark kind of, you know, morning time period, and, and it was kind of eerie, you know. Um, but, man, Dr. Ray, the best, the best round of golf in my life, and I'm not a very good golfer. I've, I've never broken 100. But uh, this was the closest I've ever been to 100 in my life. I hit a 101. What do you think about that, Dr. Ray? Man, congratulations. That's a, that's a step closer to getting underneath it, man. I tell you what, you know, a little uh, maybe one more putt, maybe a, a, a couple extra rolls on a putt or something like that. It you was, know, um, it was uh, the front nine. Those first few holes, I'm telling you. Number one, I didn't. I didn't warm up. I didn't um I didn't go to the driving range. I didn't really have that much time. So um I was having some coffee and trying to trying to wake up cuz I was on vacation mode still. Um So I was trying to wake up a little bit and and there's those first few holes without warming up and the crocodiles on my mind. You know, it was it was kind of difficult those those first few shots that right there would have uh would have probably uh put me under a hundred. I would have had my day, man. Oh man, that is close, my man. That is really, really close, I tell you. That is uh Well doc 
Dr. Ray, I wanted to ask you, what's uh, what's been your most exotic, or maybe not exotic, but maybe uh, most uh, interesting golf course um, that you've ever played? You know what? I actually, I've actually not really played at any so many exciting places. I mean, Doral has kind of been one of the best courses I've played. Yeah, Doral is um, very nice. And Crandon, you know, I definitely love Crandon. Oh, uh, Crandon. Crandon's beautiful. I have a bunch of pictures, um, you know, right there. I think, it's I like think Crandon, Crandon is the, you know, the prime example of a Miami golf course, what a Miami golf course should be with views of the water and there's views of downtown Miami with, with Biscayne Bay. You know, it, it's with coconut palm trees. It's it's just amazing, man. You go in through the mangroves. I, I love I love that course. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is it's a beautiful course. Definitely one of my favorites. Um and it's definitely it's definitely one of the hardest as well. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it's 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 rough out there. It is you know, you half the time you don't even know where you're shooting or, you know, what you're aiming at or what's going on. And the wind is swirling because it's protected by all the mangroves. You feel protected by the mangroves, but then you're really not. And there's just, it's just, man, it's it's a tough, tough course to play. Uh, but that's why it's one of my favorite as well, too. So, you know, Cranston is a great course. Um, I've, I've never shot, I, I, actually, I believe I've never shot below 100 um, at Crandon. Um, and my best score ever is an 84. So, you know, that tells you about how difficult Crandon is for sure as well. So, you know, it, it's one of those courses where you can be having, you know, the, the round of your life and then all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> quadruple bogey, triple bogey, double par, like three, four holes in a row, and then there goes the score. So, um, but it, it's a lot of fun. You know, the scenery out there is beautiful, as you mentioned. I can only imagine what it would be like to play in Cosmo. Um, actually, where I really want to play is in Greece. I really want to go play in Greece. And uh, I, it, and the reason why is because I don't remember what year Tiger Woods it was, but I used to play Tiger Woods on Xbox all the time. And oh, yeah. I think that, and yeah, and then I think my favorite, my favorite course was one at the Greek Isles, um, which was really, really cool. And I said, you know what, I want to go play golf. In Greece, and well, let me tell you when. I'm sorry, but when I went to um, when I went to Malaga, uh, and I played over there, it was it was right off the Mediterranean Sea, and I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, this is this looks just like Greece because it was like the rolling hills with the houses out there painted white, you know, white houses along the the hillside and really nice houses." And um, you know, in some spots of the of the course, you were able to gaze out into the Mediterranean Sea. And it, you know, if you would have told me that we were in Greece, I would have believed you because it was it was exactly how you see it in the pictures of uh, Mediterranean Greece. You know, it, it was yeah, I know exactly what you mean, Doctor Ray. That 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 right there is amazing, man. Hundred percent, and. Uh... Man, I just I just want to get out there and play some golf. Period. You know, I uh, I hope we get to maybe I hope we get to get out there and play some uh, play some pretty soon. 
maybe this weekend we can get out there and play a little golf, Manny. I don't think I've ever played with you, man. It would be some fun to get out there and and shoot a little bit. And, well, let, uh, me, let me tell you, this weekend is going to be difficult for me. We have, I believe, about 17, 17 or 18 teams at Kendall Indian Hammocks on Saturday, and it's going to be a long day. But um, I think... I was invited to play at Crandon on Monday morning. Uh, we have a 7.45 or 7.44, 7.44 tea time, man. I'm going to ask my friend if, if I could bring an extra an extra guy, man. See if you want to come out and play at Crandon. We're going to be at Crandon at 7.44 in the morning. I'm all for it. If you can get me in there, let's do it. I don't work on Monday until 1 o'clock. So that gives me perfect time. We start at 8, finish up around 12, get home, get to no, the No, we don't start at 8, Dr. Ray. We start at 7.44. Oh, hey, well, all right, start at 7.44, <laughs> finish at 11.44, and go from there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me, man. Um, yeah, man. Excellent. Let's see if we can set that up. So, awesome, my man. Um, I know you wanted to talk to me about something else, too, that uh, the Gatorade Derek Jeter commercial. Yo, did you finally see it, Dr. Ray? I know I know you're an eighteenth century uh gentleman and a scholar living in the twenty first century, but um were you able to YouTube it and, and check out that that new Jeter Gatorade commercial? Is it the one where where it's uh, the made in New York commercial where it's him kind of cruising through the city and doing different things throughout the city and so on and so forth? Yeah, man, he uh I guess he's he's being driven by his chauffeur in a in a black uh black SUV. I guess he's being taken to the to the field. And a few blocks away from the field he gets off and in the background you hear uh, I believe it's Frank Sinatra, right? I did it my way. I um, did it my way. Yep. It's right. Him. So he basically gets off and he tells the he tells the guy he's going to walk from here. So um, he gets off, and he's basically, you know, saying hello to all the New Yorkers in the street, taking pictures and stuff like that. And he walks up to the stadium and walks through the main ticket gates with everybody there, and people are going crazy. And, you know, it's just – it's just uh, it's, it kind of gives you goosebumps, man, for real, man. It, it's It's a really, really cool tribute to him, man. He's – Man, he's a class act, man. No doubt about it. He's a class act, man. He's he's uh he's I guess the the last of of a dying breed, man. Because you really don't see uh, Derek Jeter like um, personalities coming up anytime soon, man. At least uh, from what's out there right now. I couldn't agree anymore. Um, you know, I think my favorite part of that commercial is. After all that, when he gets over to the stadium, you know, and he's looking at the at the number and all the jerseys of all the retired players, you know, to oh, me, yeah. to me, that's that's the big deal. You know, to me, is the the respect that comes along with wearing a number and and what that number ends up symbolizing. You know, and you think about twenty three, and you think automatically, you know, Michael Jordan, and you know, you see that number two, and you automatically think Derek Jeter. You think the captain. You think one of the greatest Yankees I, of all time. You know, and I think and to me. I'm sorry. I think he's the last uh, single-digit Yankee to be retired, right? Because they they retired Tories, correct? He was number nine. Yep. yep. And now uh, 
I guess when Jeter retires, obviously they're going to retire his number. He'll be the last single digit. I believe so. I believe so. But, uh, you know, it's been such a great run. And, you know, can you imagine somebody that's been in the spotlight for as long as him and never having an off-the-field issue and, and that kind of stuff? All he's been known for is dating all the hottest women in Hollywood and, you know, nothing but yeah. positive you know, nothing but positive news and all that. And, you know, then you look at, you know, my good friend, Jameis Winston. Oh, and, there uh, you go. Your boy. This guy can't, and he can't stay out of the news. You know I mean? Again, he's only 20 years old and, you know, but, you know, you've got to know that you're in the spotlight and you're the face of the university and the face of, you know, and Jeter's the face of that franchise and he's done them right. You know, he's never done them wrong. Um, it's been awesome to yeah, see. Yeah, but I him. think, uh, I think in in New York Jeter, there's a lot of other distractions, so he might he might be able to get away with some, you know he nobody's perfect, but uh, in in Tallahassee, man, where football is is everything in Tallahassee, it's like a religion, and imagine having, you know, the Heisman Award Trophy winner, the national champion. It's like having Jesus in a small town where the major and only religion is football. I mean, well, you know, in Jesus, it would be, I guess, Christianity or whatever. But, you know, it's like having God in your small town where everybody worships your religion. And then you do stupid things. Of course you're going to get caught. Everybody, Everybody in that small town knows you and knows who you are. Exactly, and to me, that's the big problem, you know, is how are you going to expect to, you know, and, and, and the NFL, that was everything we spoke about earlier with all the turmoil in the NFL, what team do you think is going to spend the number one draft pick on you if you can't stay out of the, out of the news and, and, you know, for all the different allegations that have been brought up against him and all the things that are just a lack of common sense and just not thinking and just – you know, not being a, a mature person about the position that you're in and, and for lack of a better term, being able to kind of handle the fame that comes along with everything that, that, that you're doing. You know, there's been such a huge amount of talent for him. And I feel like up to this point, it's kind of really overshadowed some of the things. And because of how good he is and how well Florida State's played with him and, you know, the kind of the image and that covered, he had. And covered, and covered up for him. Well, you know, well that remains to be seen with the Title IX inspection that you know investigation that's going on there. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to put any words in anybody's mouth or assume anything until the, a proper investigation's been done. But regardless, <laughs> you know, spoken yeah, like, spoken like a true seminal, Doctor Ray. <laughs> yes, sir, hundred um, percent. But you know, the funny part to me is through everything, there's never been a suspension. And then, you know, he didn't break the law by any means. All he did was, you know, yell an, an obscenity, which to me just doesn't make any sense regardless of whether or not it's a joke. But then again, I'm not 20 years old and in college and famous, you know. Uh, so I'm not famous, James. Famous, so Jameis. I don't know what's going on in his head. But, you know, obviously, you know, he says all the right things after the fact. You know, I got no. I got to do a better job, and I got to walk the line, and I got to do this, and my teammates are going to do this, and so on and so forth. And it sounds great, but I mean, I'm tired of hearing all that. You know, I want to see him walk the walk. I want to see him, and he does do a lot for charity, and and you know, he does do a lot of things for the kids in Tallahassee, and uh, even the kids in Alabama. He's gone back home, and he's done a lot of things for the people over there in Hueytown and everything. So, 
you know, I mean, he has been doing well, but just to me the thing is, you know, it's just these little things, like the same thing that happened with Johnny Manziel, you know. It's how how yeah. do you expect, you know, it, it just to me it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense at this point. So, you know, but regardless, you know, he's suspended for one of the, you know, for one of the biggest games now um, that FSU has this season. In, in kind of their little brother of the uh, of the ACC, Clemson, who always has a very good team. Um, so you know, I mean, we'll see we'll see what happens there. It's, he's only suspended for a half, um, but Sean McGuire is definitely not definitely not Jameis Winston. So right. we'll see what happens this weekend. Well, that, Dr. Ray, what do you? A couple of questions here for you. What do you think? Um, do you think there's going to be uh, more personality testing, not testing, but fantasy football? Is it going to get more uh, involved with, you know, personality traits and background history? Number two is, do you think Derek Jeter will start becoming a bad boy now after he retires? <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think... You know, I think you are who you are, and I think that that's that's one of the issues with these guys like Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston is that, you know, they have kind of always been a cut above everybody, and so because of that, they're not as humble as they should be. And, uh, you know, Derek Jeter just seems like that guy who maybe didn't have all the talent in the world. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He doesn't – well, I mean, his arm is really good, but, you know, he's just a grinder, man. He's just – He's he's good because he's, he dedicates himself. He's the most you consistent. Know? Yeah, and, and he and he just dedicates himself to to being a quality individual. And you can even see yeah. that the way that he conducts himself on the field. He's the captain. He's the leader. You know, and and he understands that people need to follow his role. And you know, I think that these guys, Manziel and and Winston, just haven't grown into that yet, unfortunately. Um, hopefully one day they will, but if they don't, they're going to wake up one day and realize, man, I had all that and I threw it all away. You know, it's kind of the opposite so, of Tebow. The complete opposite. But do you think then in the future, at least for fantasy football, you think now after, you know, this opening season and what's been happening, you think people – fantasy football owners are going to start looking into background history and, and personality traits and stuff of, of players before they draft or before they pick them up? You know, I don't think the fantasy football players are going to have to do that because I think the NFL is going to start to do that a little bit more. Um, and, you know, when it comes to fantasy, it's not like it's costing you money and those kinds of things, and it's going to cost you a roster spot, but some guys are, are kind of worth the risk, you know, and, and it's kind of like... Oh, but Dr. Ray, like, there's there's fantasy football leagues out there that are pretty expensive. I don't want to I don't want to say any prices out there, but I I've heard of some fantasy football leagues that are in the in the thousands. Um, oh yeah, definitely. You without know. a doubt, you know, without a doubt. But you know, to me, the NFL is going to do a job screen, and not only that, you know, I mean, you can take that into account, but it's the same thing drafting a guy like Demarco Murray. He doesn't have off the field issues, but he has issues staying on the field. And whether you're injured or whether you're suspended, you're not playing. And you need to kind of take that into account. So their draft stock is hurt a little bit. You know, the guy who gets him is either going to get exactly what, what he was bargaining for or he's going to get a great value from getting a guy a little bit later on, you know. So, you know, it all depends on the risk that the owners want to take. Um, 
I don't think that that we're going to see owners, you know, take it to the point of <clears throat> looking at, at, at different type of uh, personality testing and those kinds of things. I don't know if that information will be available to, to fantasy football owners. Um, but if it is, I would look at it. I mean, every bit, you know, of, of information that, that you're looking at that anybody else that's in your league is not looking at is definitely a leg up, you know. So it's it's definitely something that if it, if that information is made available – I mean, I would take a look at it. Do is it going to be hey, made available? I mean, I think right now the only thing that we know about these people are the Wonderlic scores that they take when they become, you know, part of the NFL. Hey, Doctor Ray, we just have a few more minutes, but we have a uh, we have a caller on the line. Caller, state your name and, and where you're calling from. Hello. Oh, I think they uh I think they hung up, Dr. Ray. But um caller, if you're still listening, uh give us a call back. Their number is area code three four seven six three seven three nine seven eight. Sorry about that, Doctor Ray. I guess uh they were calling in to listen to the show. Go ahead, okay, I'm sorry, no, Dr. Ray. No, no problem at all. That's completely fine. Um again, if there's anybody out there calling, you know you're more than welcome to get on the air here. We like an interactive show. Um, if you want to tweet us again as well, too, you more than likely can. Uh, you can hit us at Dr. Ray T or at ISPSO. Um, and, you know, it, it's whatever you guys want to talk about, that's what we're here for. Fantasy football is hot right now. If you guys have any health questions, again, you're always welcome to call in. Um, anybody out there, if you don't know what carpal tunnel is or if your doctor told you you have this but you don't know what it is or if your doctor said that there's nothing wrong with you, but you feel like there is something wrong with you and you want to call in and talk about it, you know, you're more than welcome. If you're listening to the show on archive uh, a little bit later on after we finish it live, you're still more than welcome to, to send us a tweet throughout the week if there's something that you want to hear about or a topic you want to hear about, any products that you guys, <clears throat> you know, are, are thinking of taking or using, you know, or anything like that. I'd be more than happy to do product reviews for you, those kinds of things, and tell you about the good and the bad and the pros and the cons. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that unfortunately is made for profit um, and not made so much for your for your good and well-being, um, even though it may be a vitamin or a supplement or those kinds of things. So, hey, You know what, Dr. Ray, now that you bring that up, um, today we had to take my son to uh, – for his uh, 15 months checkup uh, with his his uh, primary doctor, and um, I believe he was scheduled to have um, his vaccines or some. Yes, I believe there were supposed to be three, but um, we also took him in because the past couple of days he's been having a fever and having a runny nose. So they actually decided uh, not to give him the vaccines today. Um, which I think was perfectly fine, but have you, you know, is there any type of um, type of problem with giving a vaccine with a, to a child that that is probably sick or maybe has a virus already? I would say 100%. Um, I myself, and again, this is just me, um, and you know, my job is just to get information out. Um, but I personally, when I have kids, uh, am not going to be vaccinating them. Um, because I think if you keep a child healthy and you and he's adequately um, nourished, you know, and you give him, you know, uh, if, if the mother's able to breastfeed and he doesn't have any type of genetic disorders where he has problems with the immune system, 
I don't think that there's a need to vaccinate. Um, you know, and vaccination is something that we can definitely spend a lot more time on. Um, you know, I know we have a few minutes left in the show, and I can probably take up all those minutes talking about it. But, you know, to me, the body is built to defend itself against all kinds of viruses, bacteria, and, and so on and so forth. When you inject a dead virus or an attenuated virus or whatever the case it is when we're talking about a vaccine um, into the body, you inject it along with other things as well too. Um, there's in some vaccines the marisol, there's in some vaccines aluminum, there's a lot of fillers and there's a lot of different things in there. Um, and actually the efficacy and the safety of these vaccines have not 100% been proven, although they say that the, the risk, you know, the benefit outweighs the risk. To me, unless you're a child that is not eating or a child that has an immune compromised situation, there is no risk because it's you're built to get sick and you're built to heal from it. You know, it's for the kids that don't have what their body needs to take care of itself that end up having, you know, potentially fatal problems or, or you know, really bad issues when it comes to these viruses and so on and so forth. So, you know, I personally will not be vaccinating. I recommend people that they do research on their vaccinations, delay vaccinations, don't do them all at the same time especially, um, Make sure that the diet for your child before they get vaccinated, if you're going to vaccinate them, is very, very good. Um, because I don't believe that just vaccinating somebody causes autism, for example. But what I do believe is that if the situation is right and you put in a vaccine, you're putting in a pathogen which can potentially cause a lot of issues. And if it crosses the blood-gut barrier or the blood-brain barrier, now you're potentially looking at autoimmune activation. And that, to me, is really what autism and a lot of these adverse effects from, from vaccines really come from. You know, your body has a defense system, but there's certain things that break it down, like gluten, for example. So gluten breaks down the tight junctions between your stomach cells that allow only nutrients to come in, and they allow other things to pass through, like food particles and viruses and bacteria. And when that happens, your body becomes attenuated. Your immune system starts to basically become very, very highly activated. And sometimes, especially if it's a virus, that virus will kind of use your body's own cells to replicate itself. So I don't know if you remember at all back in the days looking and studying at cells, but inside of the nucleus you have your DNA and your chromosomes. And a virus basically busts into your nucleus and it unravels your DNA and it uses your DNA to copy itself and to replicate itself and then it also disguises itself in your own DNA. And so what that means is that your body is going to potentially think that it's killing a virus when it can be potentially killing its own cells. And that's what autoimmunity is, and that's a way that it can start. And to me, autism is autoimmunity of the brain. It's when micro, microglial activation occurs. Microglia are basically white blood cells inside of the brain, and that can only come from the body basically attacking itself. Um, so, you know, there's three things necessary for autoimmune disease or these adverse effects to happen. Number one, there has to be a genetic predisposition, which we don't know exactly what that predisposition is yet because the genetic code has just started to been unraveled and unlocked, and there's just so much information out there at this point. Now, maybe one day we'll have a much better idea of what an autoimmune or an autistic profile looks like as far as genes go, but for right now, we don't have all that information. So the first thing is, is that those genes can leave you susceptible. 
Secondarily, you have to have a susceptibility. So that opening, that, you know, eating gluten before you go get a vaccine. So, you know, giving your kid formula that has gluten in it before they go and get a vaccine. And then they have these tight junctions that are leaky in their stomach, creating a leaky gut. Then you put in a vaccine and a pathogen, and not only do you put in neurotoxic chemicals like aluminum and samarosol, but you're also putting in a pathogen, and the body's going to try to fight that. And if it crosses into an area where it shouldn't be, your body's going to potentially, depending on that genetic predisposition, create an adverse effect. And it's happened plenty of times. I've heard so many stories from so many mothers that say, after the, the vaccine, my child just changed. You know, and to me, if you're living in the United States and, you know, you have a septic tank and things are sanitary and you wash your hands and, you know, and all those kinds of things, and that's really what changed all those diseases that everybody thinks that vaccines eradicated. You know, you, if you go back and you look at the timelines, the same time that vaccines were invented is the same time where doctors and, and many people started really getting into sanitation and realizing the need to wash their hands and so on and so forth. You know, so many women died um, giving birth before because of bacterial infections because doctors never knew that they had to wash their hands before they helped, you know, a woman deliver a baby. Once they started washing their hands, a lot of that disappeared. And the same thing happened with polio and with measles and rubella and all the different diseases that we get vaccinated for nowadays. And not only that, if you look at the vaccination schedule, the vaccination schedule has tripled in the last 20 years. Are there really that many diseases that we have to vaccinate our kids for that they're not going to be able to fend for themselves? I mean, to me, it's the fact that the CDC, that these pharmaceutical companies are developing drugs that they need to sell, and when you have a drug and you need to sell it and you need to patent it so nobody else can sell it, it has to come up with some, some chemical change, some difference in molecule, and that needs to be studied. And recently what's been coming out is that the people that are doing these studies are funding studies, and if the evidence points against them, they're keeping that under wraps. If the evidence is good for them, hey, they're putting it all over the place. You know, and there's this whole thing that, oh, everybody needs to get vaccinated, everybody needs to get vaccinated. Unfortunately, I don't think it's as good as everybody thinks. I don't think that the risks or that the benefits outweigh the risks. I think that it's smarter to keep your child healthy by giving them good food, by realizing that they shouldn't be eating Twix and, and Snickers and ice cream and dictating their own diet and Pop-Tarts and cereals and things that are stuffed with sugar and synthetic vitamins that don't actually give their body what it needs. And, you know, and, and making sure that their nervous system is functioning properly and getting them adjusted so their body can adapt to their ever-changing environment. Mm -hmm. To me, that sounds like a much smarter thing than to pump them full of things that could potentially harm them. Um, you know, to me, it's so scary that people say, oh, yeah, I went and got my kid a shot and this and that. And I ask people, well, what was in that? And they have no idea. But because their MD or their doctor gave it to them, they trust them. And that's unfortunate because doctors are doing what, Unfortunately, what, what medicine or what studies say, but these studies are being paid for by pharmaceutical companies that have a lot to gain by these studies coming out. So, you know, it's kind of a tough thing because... Yeah, a lot of interest. You know, it, you know it, there's a lot of interest in these companies coming out with it, with these studies, you know. So it's hard because hey, you, don't know who to trust, you don't know what to do, you know. So that's why it's, it's important that you read the information, um, you know, when you go out there. And Dr. Ray, what do you what do you think about 
um, like vaccinations, like when they, uh, like for school, for instance, in public schools, they require some type of vaccinations. And also when you, when you travel, travel abroad, like, uh, when you go to Africa or, or some of these remote places, they, they require some, some certain vaccines. What about those types? You know, that's, I believe that's a little bit different. Um, you know, in the fact that there's some viruses and there's some bacteria and there's some things that the body can't handle. You know, like, for example, necrotizing fasciitis is a bacteria that literally just starts to eat your flesh. Your body doesn't have a defense system for that, you know. So there, there's some things that, that can be potentially harmful and potentially fatal that may be smart to vaccinate against, um, especially since, you know, we spend our lives building immunity. When your child gets sick and has a fever, you want that fever to kill the bacteria. You don't want to give them Tylenol. You don't want to do things to bring the fever down because that fever is their body's defense system to kill a bacteria or a virus, you know, and, and unfortunately we want to, oh, let's lower the fever. And then all of a sudden we wonder why the, why the cold progresses and gets worse and then they need an antibiotic. And then we ruin their internal flora that they've been spending so much time working on building up and then that allows opportunistic bacteria to make its way into their stomach. And then they have problems absorbing nutrients and and getting the vitamins and all the things that they need in order to be healthy. And then we wonder why our kids are obese and have so many health issues and have ADHD and have ADD and can't concentrate and have all these cravings. And it's because, unfortunately, we're being ruled by chemicals. It's everywhere. We can't get away from it, you know, and people just don't care enough to, to unfortunately, get get educated on that. And for me, that's the thing that I'm really passionate about and, you know, unfortunately, the information is out there. It's up for me and, and practitioners like myself to get it out there, but there's a lot of really good information at nvic.org, which is the National Vaccine Information Center. Also, um, icpa4kids.com, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. Um, the number four kids.com has a lot of really good information, again, as well, too, about vaccines. And, you know, just great resources for you guys to take a look at and get educated. So if you have children um, or you're thinking of having children or you're pregnant at this time, I suggest that you check out those sites, especially ICPA, the number four kids.com, and the NDIC as well, too, um, so that you can just, again, get the information. And you can get exemptions for school. You can go to the Department of Health and you can get a vaccine exemption. I have copies of that here, you know, in, in school or excuse me, in the office. And, you know, one thing that I would suggest is, you know, write a letter out, write a little bit of a contract and take it to your doctor and and have that contract say, as your child's pediatrician, I can guarantee that there are going to be no side effects from this immunization. And hand it to your doctor and see if he'll sign that. My guess is that they won't because there is no guarantee. It can happen to anybody. So it's important to get yourself checked as far as your DNA goes, to get your child checked, you know, and, and, and just look at the things and try to prevent, you know, instead of waiting until something happens. Um, <clears throat> and a great way to do that is good nutrition, chiropractic adjustments, keeping them healthy, you know, and, and avoiding stressful situations for them and cultivating their immune system instead of poisoning it. Um, so, again, a lot of information was given out here tonight regarding that. And if you guys have questions or comments, be more than happy to field them for you. Facebook.com slash 353heal. You can tweet me at Dr. Ray T. You can send me an email, uh, Dr. Ray at 353heal.com. 
whatever you want to do again, you know, or if you're, if you're of the opposite opinion or if you have questions, you know, I'm open to debate, you know, uh, again, like I said, I, I formulated my opinion based on what I've studied and, and where, you know, where I am right now. And, and I know plenty of children at this point that are non-vaccinated and those are the healthy mm-hmm. kids that I know. They miss the least amount of school, you know, they, they get sick less often they don't have as many problems as other kids that are vaccinated do have as far as recurring infections and those things. So, you know, that's just my opinion, but sounds like we're wrapping up the show here. So I'm going to go ahead and say thank you to everyone out there listening. This is Dr. Ray signing off. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Ugh, this phone drives me crazy. Excuse me, I'm the Sprinter and from Sprint. Try my new iPhone XR with an amazing liquid retina display. This is amazing. Mind if I snap a few photos? Look at that color. I love this display. I, uh, I'm going to need that back. Switch to Sprint and get iPhone XR 64 gigabytes for $0 per month with an eligible trade-in and a Sprint Flex lease. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Phone $0 per month for 18 months after thirty-one twenty-five per month credit applied within two bills. If the cancel early, remaining balance due. Excludes tax. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply.